Noodles. Yeah, I said noodles. And now that I've got your attention, we are literally talking about noodles today in the form of the coolest book club in our town. Please send noodles. Members gather to discuss different cookbooks and share meals made from its pages. But during the worst parts of the pandemic shutdowns, Please Send Noodles also cooked meals for Las Vegas families who really needed them. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we talk about all this and the club's in-person comeback next week with its founder, Kim Foster. She also shares the details about her forthcoming book from St. Martin's Press about food and trauma in our city. It's Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. I get to talk with one of my favorite people in maybe the world, certainly Las Vegas, absolutely in downtown Las Vegas. Ms. Kim Foster, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Woohoo! My favorite podcast, my favorite guest spot. Love it. Thank you. So, all right. How did the cookbook club evolve? Okay. So we started, we did uh, about five months before we had to stop and we had a great little thing going. What basically what happens is there's a book for every meeting and you go to the writer's block, you buy the book at the writer's block and then you cook through it. And then we get together and you make a dish from that cookbook. And then we all get to eat and share and talk about what we liked about the book, what we didn't. And like, you know, we have professional chefs in our group and we have like austere beginners. And so there's a lot of great conversation about, you know, whether a book works for you, whether you screwed up a recipe, that kind of thing. There's a lot of like nerdy food talk that comes up. So we did that for a while and then the pandemic hit. And then some people didn't want to transition to Zoom with us, but a good, there's, I call them the hard nine, which stayed for the entire time. And now we're at the point where we're like, yeah, let's go back and meet in person again. We know that the pandemic isn't officially over, but we're trying to take some uh, precautions and um, there will be open air tables, things like that. But we still think it's like a good idea to get together. Yeah. And I, before the pandemic, I actually showed up at one of your book club meetings. My spouse is a true believer in in your book club cause, and she had bought that episode's cookbook and had tried some things. I can't remember if we brought something to the potluck, but I was so shocked how much food was there. And just, (laughs) it was intoxicating both because the food was just so delicious and wonderful, but really paired with, if I might go for a food term, the conversation about the cookbook about food in general. It, it really is a, a great gathering of people, some familiar, some unknown, and everyone sharing a meal together, which is, you know, the universal way to bond. What do you think a cookbook club does for Las Vegas? So I think we are a town that is very restaurant focused. Uh, most of our food writers are writing about food, uh, high end food and restaurants. The focus is on Uh, tourism and hospitality. Obviously, we're a big town for that. But a lot of what makes us really special as Las Vegas is that we have really exceptional home cooks. I'm thinking specifically of like 
there's a group called the Ninth Island Aunties who not only cook with each other, but they also cook in the community uh, for charity. And so we have really strong Mexican, Filipino, uh, like cooking going on. We have like I went to somebody's house. They were having like Mongolian food. And that's why the demos aren't just from chefs. One of our group members has this amazing family of Indian cooks and we're going to have grandma come in and she's actually given us like lots of advice on our Facebook group. And um, so we're really interested in what home cooks are doing, not what chefs are doing. Yeah, I love it. Bringing in aunties and grandmas. That's that's where the food is. Right. But also here's what I know that Please Send Noodles, it's actually taken on a life beyond the book club and into the community. Talk about the outreach that your book club, your cookbook club has done. Yeah, so they are, this is really all of the group. It's a very democratic group. I don't tell people what to do. And during the pandemic, this group of really amazing people decided that they wanted to use their cooking skills to really help people in the community who were food insecure. And so they put together a program called 100 Dinners. And we really made about 200 dinners once a month. Uh, People would sign up for it. Everybody would cook in their own house and then they would bring it to my house. We'd all mask up, throw open the windows and the doors so that no one would get sick. And we like put all these things into takeout containers. We had safety protocols. So you know, everybody was gloved and masked and those kinds of things. So it was very, very safe. It was exactly what would happen in a restaurant. And we wanted the food to be something that people would really enjoy, that it had a restaurant experience to it, but that the dishes themselves were home cooked. People would pull up outside, they, we would load. We never asked people how many dinners or uh, a lot of it was about enough was in the container so they could have leftovers. And these people in our group, we're like really going for it, like just making really beautiful food that was feeding our community. And I'm so proud of them and so proud to be a part of this group because we have people who are not just focused on, oh, I'm going to cook this for myself and geek out, but I want to share this experience with other people in the community. Now, this was during a time, uh, well, I don't know that there isn't a time based on our conversations, Kim, uh, Mm -hmm. that there isn't a great deal of food insecurity in Las Vegas, but this was a time when it was particularly high, right? Yeah, this was during the pandemic. I mean, I think you know this, there was a lot of corruption around people who were being evicted without cause. Uh, We know even restaurant workers who, you know, significant restaurants were getting payouts to keep their employees set. And I know, like, I got a note from uh, someone who worked at Mama Fuku, who was like, I stood in front of the vegetables and cried because I hadn't had vegetables in so long. And oh, so oh even my. our hospitality, I know, I know, e- even our hospitality workers were really struggling. And so, so this community of cooks really came forward for those p- people. People were really struggling. It was hard. It was really hard. You described what seems to me pretty much like a bit of pandemonium on 100 dinner day, right? Everyone coming over to your house, windows are open. It must be, you have a bunch of kids and animals at your house too, right? Yeah. Through all that, give me a sample menu. What, what were some things that you were serving up to these families in need? So we were doing some really great stuff. Like, so during the pandemic, for instance, we had a demo Shaoxing uh, Chow did a demo on dumplings. So we made dumplings for everybody. Um, we also did beef and broccoli with 
rice and, you know, bok choy and oranges cut up and like put in a box together. Like it was just really beautiful. And like Main Street Provisions kicked in some beautiful beef dishes for us and we would match them. So if like they did a hundred dishes, we would do a hundred. Um, so we were doing Indian food. We were doing curries. We were doing stews. We tried to make it recognizable. So it wasn't, it was, I, we wanted it to feel like restaurant food. Um, so special, but we didn't want it to be such a thing that people wouldn't want to eat it or didn't know what it was. And so we really were doing a lot of Mexican, Filipino and Asian foods. So that was really successful. I think people really enjoyed having it. And they were also foods that could be warmed up again. Oh, fantastic. How great that you were also pairing up with local restaurants like Main Street Provisions, which is in the downtown arts district. So you obviously are immersed in this this culture where food is one of the solves for a lot of trauma that exists in our community. And as you know, we we hit some of these things like the pandemic, man, that's so magnified. You're you're actually writing a book about food and trauma, aren't you? I am. So I'm writing a book about food and the way it sits at the intersection of like addiction, mental illness, and poverty, which are three really intractable problems in our culture here in Vegas and also other cities as well. So I'm sort of looking at what people are eating when they've really been through trauma and what it means to what it means to have like a skewed relationship to food in a culture where food is supposed to be really beautiful and the table is supposed to be like fraught with all kinds of like love and happiness and wonderfulness and, you know, camaraderie and uh, gatherings are supposed to be really beautiful, but that's not the way it is for a lot of people. A lot of people experience a lot of trauma and the dinner table can be a really traumatic experience. It's also a place for like profound healing. So I'm trying to, touch all of those things in the book. Um, and also thinking a lot about the people that we served in our community who were really going through hell and had a very unstable relationship with food. The title of the book is called The Meth Lunches. And the new tagline is food and longing in an American city. And is that our city? That is our city. You, you talk about these skewed relationships. Did, did you see those skewed relationships that you're going to be writing about in your work with 100 Dinners or the uh, Police and Noodles Club? Yeah, I think so. Like there was an interesting story. So we also were doing pantry giveaways. So every month we found that a lot of people were getting these boxes of food, but they were, they didn't have any spices or salt sometimes or oil. They just didn't have basic pantry ingredients. Those were not the things that were being given to them. Sure. The basics. Yeah. Once a week or once a, a month, we would do a big pantry giveaway and people would contribute money if they had, if they didn't need their checks that they were getting from the government, they would give them to us and we'd buy all kinds of like salt, sugar, you know, anything that you need to make a dish. And we would put that all out and people could just come and take their own stuff. And it was very interesting because someone who was in our group had really grown up poor and had grown up really food insecure. She was manning the tables at the pantry. And there was a man who was basically taking everything off the pantry and like scooping it into his bag, like taking everything. Okay. And it triggered her. And 
So she had her own reaction to that, which felt like this unfairness. And she had really had a reaction to that. And so when you're feeding people who are desperate for something, this guy wasn't even looking at what it was. I don't even know the extent to which he cooked. He was just, he needed to have these things. He needed to put them in his bag. And that also triggered other people because they were like, wait a second, I want to have some of that too. And so there was this, like this nervousness and sort of anxiety that was like really going, like having its day at this moment. And so you see a lot of things like that. That also happens on pantry lines, for instance, like when people are waiting in line and wondering, I'm going to wait here in this line for an hour. Will there be food left for me when I get there? So you see the anxiety in people around food. And I think we don't talk about that as much. Wow. So powerful. So you've got the book. You've got the book club. Yeah. What do you hope that Please Send Noodles brings to Las Vegas next? You've, you've, you've obviously gone into a lot of directions. What What's next? I would like this to be a really strong group of community cooks. I would like to expand our cooking to other groups. So I would like to have it be more ethnically diverse. I would like us to cook for people and perhaps inspire people to cook who don't get to cook and who are unsure about it and bring people into the fold. And I think it's a really good, because it's fun, it's a really good grassroots activity for Vegas because there's no barrier to entry. In fact, if you can't afford a cookbook, we will either get one for you or we will like, you know, photocopy the recipes or whatever we need to do. So there is no barrier to coming. In fact, if you prefer to not come to the in-person meetings, you can join us um, for Zoom. We either are in person and then the next month is Zoom and then we're in person and the next month's a Zoom. And so there's lots of ways to be a part of it. You can just be a part of the Facebook group. Like there's a million different ways. So there's very few barriers and we want everybody to be included. We want Las Vegas to have a really strong group of people focused around feeding each other. And so Kim Foster, if uh, people want to meet like-minded folks, follow up with Please Send Noodles. They can go to the Facebook group with the three exclamation marks. I'm going to tell you, I sneak peeked for your next meeting on September 26th, and I got myself the Melissa Clark Dinner in One. It seemed like a book made for me. Easy cooking in one pan. I love it. I love every bit about that. And (laughs) I'm hoping to show up once again to mooch all the food at the potluck part of the book club. I guess anyone could really just kind of pop in and be a, a moocher like me. Yes, you can. Uh, You will not have to bring anything for this. You can bring a bottle of wine or something non-alcoholic, if you'd like, to share with people. And we will be making the hard nine. We will be making ramen for you. You are so welcome to just come and partake in the ramen. And we will have Chef Lanny Chin doing a homemade noodle demo for us. Oh, wow. Right there. Cooking in the room. Yes. So every... Uh, we this was an add on later, but we uh, do a demo with a chef or with, uh, you know, somebody's grandma or you know, it doesn't have to be an actual chef. It can be somebody who's just an amazing cook in the community who knows how to do something really great. And they'll come and show us something. So at this particular if this particular one, you'll be able to buy the next book 
for the next get together. You'll be able to have some ramen with us, eat some homemade noodles, find out how they're made and meet some of us and do like geek food talk, which is sort of our jam. Kim Foster, thank you so much for joining us once again on CityCast Las Vegas. Your voice is such a great voice for people to hear from the community and cannot wait for that book to come out. Thanks again for joining us today, Kim. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. Before you go, a couple of things you should know. Democratic lawmakers say they're planning a measure that would allow the legislature to audit the Clark County School District, which it hasn't done in almost 20 years. Why now? They say they want answers for their constituents about the state of the district. We'll see if it moves forward and what an audit even means for real solutions to the actual issues of student achievement, teacher shortages, and the like. Sting has a new residency in town at Nevada State College. Oh, Sting is the new name of the school's scorpion mascot. This non-gendered plush arachnid replaces Scotty, also a scorpion, but retains its predecessor's fierce look. No word on its singing voice, or is that stinging a voice? Ugh. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Do you have a friend who loves to cook or loves cookbooks? Well, send this episode their way. Then make sure they follow the show and make sure you follow the show. And then both of y'all leave us stars while you're at it. Don't forget to subscribe to our brilliant morning newsletter as well. Seriously, it's the bee's knees. Buzz. Quick note. We got Sue Kim Chung's title wrong in Monday's episode. She is the head of public services in special collections and archives. Sorry about that, Sue Kim. Impressive, though. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. love you guys this is really like my favorite podcast now i am so loving you guys like i'm i genuinely like love listening to it even though i love you guys like it's not about my love for you i just actually genuinely love listening to the podcast so you guys are kicking ass oh you're so sweet